The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. You know, when you look through three payment methods to find something to show proof, you can never find it. Damn all this newfangled technology. And that's our opening for the show. (laughs) Yeah, what you said. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, ladies and probably gentlemen. And welcome as the W2M Network presents the Super Bowl preview edition of The Kickoff. Here, I am your host. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Joining me as per usual, the Down Since Day One co-host turned executive producer, Brandon Biscabing. Oh, you know we're not gentlemen in this room. No, but our listeners may be. Maybe. Doubtful. Uh, fair. The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. If I was a gentleman, then what I did before I came home tonight would completely disqualify me from that modifier. <laughs> You're disqualified regardless. Fair um, point. Eric, all I'm going to say to that is I may not be a gentleman, but women love calling me sir. And finally, <laughs> the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. I'm here. I'm just bummed out. I was thinking he was going another way with that. He had kind of a rough day with his all-star team, unfortunately. Uh, Head up, homie. It gets better. You win some, you lose some. And now we get to... Our studs. Wait, no, we don't. What the hell? What kind of format is this? It isn't ah! the format. We're throwing the playbook out. Anarchy. Ah! You know what it is? It, it's this damn weather here over on the east coast of the nation. It has everything all screwed up. Apparently, our studs, our our studs and duds got caught out in the cold. Are, are you enjoying your below, uh, your below zero weather up there, uh, Harry? It is currently negative four. I know this. (laughs) Jason, is it about the same for you down there in the the WV? Uh, Let me see. It is seven. (laughs) Eric. With a wind wind chill of negative two. Eric, GFY, because I know it was like 70 in Florida today. Actually, no. Our high today only got to 50. Our wind chills tonight are going to be in the 20s, and it's only going to be our third and fourth freezes of the winter. It was a brisk 40 here today, but... Your wind chills are in the 20s, Eric? So are mine. The negative 20s. (laughs) Hey, hey, at least you're not North Dakota. I got a friend up there. She's dealing with like a minus 60. Or at least you're not in Canada, eh? This is true. Very true. All I have to say to that, Brandon, is blame Canada. <laughs> well done. That's, well played. That's right. WCW references here on the kickoff. Oh, oh, or right. South Park for that reference. That was more of a Team Canada WCW reference, but we'll go with it for now. All right, so here's what's going to happen for tonight's show. We have an, an abbreviated format for you guys here. We have 
game discussion, of course. We have player discussion, of course. We're going to break down what we think are the keys to both sides to win this game. I will ask each guy individually that question. And then we have a 20-point prop bet that we discussed the last time we were with Q for the, for the conference championships. Remember, we took the Pro Bowl week off. This prop bet here will have 20 different things that could happen and will happen in most of these instances in the game on Sunday night. It is the Rams and the Patriots in Super Bowl L-I-I-I. 53 for us non-Romans. <laughs> and it is time to start our discussion with point of impact. Eric. Mm-hmm. Said that the Rams are the designate or the Patriots are the designated home team for this game, correct? No, the Rams are the designated home team. The Patriots are the visitors. Okay, well in that case we start with the Patriots. Which Patriot do you think will have the biggest impact? Not your MVP, but the biggest impact on this game. Personally, I've got to lead with the guy who Leads the NFL in postseason receiving yardage, Julian Edelman. Now, granted, the Rams and Wade Phillips are Wade Phillips are going to be focusing on a pass rush to see if they can be the first team all playoffs to try to get to Tom Brady. What does he do in those situations? Audible's out of trouble, looks for checkdowns, and who's the most dependable guy in the slot, short routes over the middle? Edelman, take the focus away from the Rams' corners. Make them play up. That way, you can get better outside coverage. But if he has just a good night, maybe even on a gadget play or two, that is going to set the Patriots up for success and the potential to fulfill the over and bring about a lot more higher scoring. Jason. Um, Well... I, I was I was going to go with Edelman, and then Eric took it. So I'm going to go with who do I want to go with? Since Eric took mine, James White. I think he's going to have a huge game, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting because. I think he is going to be a key factor coming out of the backfield. And that's what's really going to determine this game is who can move the ball even in small increments. Brandon? Um, I know it's cliche, but this offense goes through Brady um, you know, yes, the Patriots defense is going to have to stop this very high-powered Rams offense, but as we saw last week, this, the Saints can certainly do it, albeit they blew it later on in the game, but I think the Patriots will be able to do it. I think the key is definitely Brady here. He has to be able to, if this does become a shootout, he needs to be able to keep the game close and if it's not a shootout then he just needs to do what he does okay first of all the 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 Saints didn't blow it on last Sunday well last Sunday the Sunday before obviously championship last Sunday was the Pro Bowl 
The referees blew it, but that's... Oh, no, I agree, point. but what I'm saying is they okay. should have been in the lead anyway because they were up by, what, like, at least 14 in the beginning of the game? I'm still partially pissed off because my prediction before the season started was Patriots and and Saints, and we should have had it. But anyway, Oh, I agree. Um, hey, you should have been at the basketball game where Bill Vinovich refereed. You could have gotten your voice heard then. I think Jason is on to the right position, but I think he has the wrong person. I think the person that has been carrying the New England backfield this postseason and the person that will have to carry the New England backfield on Sunday night will be Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. I could see that. The rookie out of the rookie out of the University of Georgia has had an amazing postseason, including scoring three times against the Indianapolis Colts in the divisional round. This is a New England team that has been very non-Brady focused this year. We talked about earlier in the season about all the contract clauses that Brady put in for this contract and how he met none of them for his bonus performances. Because this is a team that hasn't been focusing on passing this year. This is a team that has been winning with rushing and defense. Sony Michelle and James White are going to be a key to time of possession to keep that high-powered Rams offense off of the field. We've seen what happens when the Patriots get into shootouts. It usually does not end well, the exception being the Kansas City game during the regular season that they won on a walk-off, 43-40. to 40. How about for the other side of the ball, Eric, for the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, specifically going Rams defense or? Uh, in general, point of impact. Because, I mean, really, if you look at how that game went down against the Saints two weeks ago, There was one particular player who had a great season but spent a lot of that game on an exercise bike, Todd Gurley. I don't know 100% if it was because of injury, because of a dropped pass early on, because he had a big touchdown later in that game, but he was mostly a no-show, and C.J. Anderson did the work. If the Rams want to compete and keep this Patriots defense off balance, they have to get Gurley some sort of touches. They cannot afford to make him the main weapon because then that's the guy that the Patriots will take away. But he's got to, at the very least, get split some time in the backfield with Anderson, create a little bit of thunder and lightning, get that way that Goff will be comfortable and have time to make those throws to the outside. Jason. Um, Eric just mentioned who mine is, and it's not Gurley. I think Gurley is still nicked up and nobody's saying a word about it. And I think the Rams are more suited to go ahead and ride C.J. Anderson to the promised land. Gurley's knee is being heavily monitored. And this offense is kind of catered more to CJA style of running. So I'm going to go with CJ Anderson. Brendan? I'm going to go with Jared Goff because, yes, I agree with both Eric. I agree with both Eric and Jason, but Goff is going to be the one that's going to have to make the calls on, on the line, and he's going to be able to keep his composure and be able to lead this offense down the field against a very good Patriots defense 
and be able to not only run the clock, because I think, especially for the Saints, you want to keep Tom Brady off the field, but also be able to score still as well to be able to win the game. I said last week that the key in the New England and Kansas City game was going to come down to special teams because I thought that it was going to be a close game. It ended up being a close game, although I think we can all agree that the marquee component in the game against New England and Kansas City was the performance of one Tom Brady. To me, this is going to be another game where I think it's going to come down to special teams because I think it's going to be a very good game, which is something we haven't had in the Super Bowl in in a long time, and therefore... My Rams standout player is going to be Greg the Lake Zerline. I think that if the Rams are going to win this, Zerline is going to have to be perfect from the field, both on his extra points and on his field goals, and he is going to have an opportunity, probably late in this game, to win it for the Rams. The question will be, can he convert? I think last year we had a pretty good game. I mean, and, and not to mention, to kind of circle on to some earlier Am I the only one that thought the Pro Bowl was at least half legit and then they went ahead and made it interesting by going full gimmick? Come on now. Not not enough credit for this year's game. I watched exactly zero of the Pro Bowl. It was Royal Rumble Sunday. Yep. Well, I, I'll just mention this. Mike Evans with an interception. Ezekiel Elliott on a pass rush. Jalen Ramsey caught a touchdown pass. Well, you're just excited for the former Jaguar doing, or the. What kind of Mickey Mouse bullshit is that? <laughs> that was the fourth quarter. I kid you not. I'm like, all you right, know, well, this this is actually intriguing. You know what actually would make the Pro Bowl interesting to me? Turn it into a flag football game. Oh God! They, they, uh, they, they did. They did that. Tired. Well, I mean, they, they had a flag football play. Well, for for the Giants fans in the room, he also had Saquon Barkley handle the ball on defense. Nothing from the Giants fans in the room? Okay. Well, again, I didn't watch it for obvious reasons. Yeah. I I mean, it's the pro, it's the NFL Pro Bowl. I'm all for it. They need to just do away with the Pro Bowl, go to a. Go to a skills challenge thing and be done with well, it. I mean, I'd ESPN. I mean, I'd watch it if it was on a different weekend. But you know, I mean, same thing with. But, oh, I'd by by the way, did anyone else fun. notice that the NHL All Star Game? And I didn't even notice this until Friday night that they moved the NHL All Star Game to Saturday night. I did did me a huge favor. Not me, because then I couldn't watch it. Exactly. Then I couldn't watch it because I had takeover. Well, the good news, though, is that with the NFL NFL thing here in regards to the Pro Bowl and stuff, is I I did want to mention, though, that the skills challenge is on, like, Thursday now, which makes it a whole lot easier to watch. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that either, though. And we talked about this last week, that they haven't really... uh, promoted any of this, so I didn't even know about that. Otherwise, I would have watched it. Eric. I was just going to say, if you want to hear the man who really has a genius as far as well, what to do with the Pro Bowl and everything, listen to the latest Pat McAfee show. He breaks it down, and I'm like, okay, that kind of needs to happen. He's making some valid uh, points. 
so I saw some alternative alternative comments about the Pro Bowl here, and it actually it's it's kind of a variation on the toilet bowl. And here's what I'm saying here. I saw somebody post that instead of doing the Pro Bowl, because no one cares more or less about the Pro Bowl anyway, they should have the two teams with the worst record in the NFL play, and the winner of that game gets the rights to the first pick. Do you guys like that idea? Do you dislike that idea? The winner of that game? Huh. Yes, the winner, because it gives them something to play for. Otherwise, they're both going to try to both going to try to play like garbage and luck their way into getting their asses beat in order to get the top pick. I like it. I, that's actually an interesting idea. This is a fantasy football. You can't be being that because no, no, the first time a major athlete gets hurt in that game, there's then so everyone's going to be pissed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In fairness, that game would be Arizona and Oakland this year. I don't think that classifies as any major athletes outside of maybe Fitz. Okay, David Johnson, too, to an extent. Though he certainly didn't play like it this year. Well, you could potentially uh, have David no. Carr because, you know, you don't, you never know where he's going to go next year. Yeah, you got Rosen. Rosen tears an ACL yep. in that. All right, so let's talk about the game itself here. Eric, what are your expectations for Sunday? I'm looking more towards a repeat of last year. I think with the Rams and their offensive weapons, how the defense for New England is, it's vulnerable in spots. Plus, with how they're already talking smack in New England about Wade Phillips and how he runs the defense, I'm sure Belichick's got a game plan to really go up against that. It's going to be another one of those higher-scoring games, and it's going to be one that's really going to come down to, just like last year, will we get a record set for offense? Who's going to have the ball the last 90 seconds and have that potential for a game-winning drive? Will we see another one going to overtime? It's there's nobody that's really going to pull away. I really hope they Maybe do go. I, I really hope they do go into overtime because did you guys hear um, the promotion that's going on if this game does go into OT? That's why yeah. I mentioned it. Free, free, uh, free snack size wings from Buffalo Wild Wings. I want some free wings on Monday. So, so do I. Can't go where the chair is working. Otherwise, that would be even funnier. <laughs> well, well I mean, freaking fat kids. Jesus. I go mean, ahead, you know, it's okay because he's probably covering like a Division Four AAA <laughs> basketball <laughs> tournament at the playgrounds in Sasquatch, where he got a press pass. Because he knows somebody's dog. I don't, I mean. On a related it, note, the dog said that was rough. <laughs> but he, he's about as useless. <laughs> he's useless. All right, let's continue on. Jason, your thoughts on Sunday. What are your expectations going into the game this Sunday? Uh, I expect a lot of scoring. I expect no defense to be had and a lot of scoring. That's pretty much it. I, I don't think that this is going to be a classic 
Super Bowl showdown. I think it's going to be a blowout on one side or the other. Stay tuned for my pick on what side it will be. But, yeah, I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. I'm definitely taking the over on any bet, unless it's like 80. But, yeah, I expect, I expect a lot of rain, rushing yards from the Rams, and a lot of passing yards from Brady. Brandon, your expectations for Sunday night? Uh, my expectations is one team is going to be coming out expecting to try to run up the score. The other one, because they have a tactical genius, is going to say, oh, hell no. And yeah, more. stay tuned for more. Well, the thing about that is, though, is that you would think that the Rams would have run it to run up the score in their game against the Saints as well. Because well, they did times, at the end. Not, not really. The final score of that game was 26-23. The final score of the AFC title game was significantly higher than that, if I recall correctly. I think it was like 37-31. I'll agree you with that, but correctly. I mean, I think that was mostly because the Rams' defense finally banned down the hatches in the second half. Well, I think that that's going to be the key to this game to me is it's going to be defensive performance. It's not going to be who can control the game on offense. It's going to be who can control the game on defense. Who's going to have the marquee play? Who's going to force that massive turnover? Who's going to make that big hit that takes somebody out of the game, whether intentionally or not? I mean, I know we talk about how people we don't want injuries in football, but it is a contact sport. Stuff happens. And people can get injured from big hits, and it can drastically swing the momentum of a game. We've seen it so many times over the years. To me, I hear, all, I hear the to ghost me, of Eric Hernandez is going to be on the sideline. The views and opinions of Jason, <laughs> not necessarily anyway. He's just going to be hanging I, out there. <laughs> The views and opinions of Jason Teasley do not necessarily reflect those of us here at the W. Anyway, moving back to what I was saying. I honestly don't know if this is going to be a high-scoring game or not. I am not expecting a high-scoring game. I'm expecting something closer to the scoreline of the NFC title game than the AFC title game here. And I definitely don't think we're going to see anything like what we saw when the Rams played the, when the Rams played the Chiefs earlier this year. I mean, we're definitely not going to see anything Rams-Chiefs, but no. again, with these defenses being very easy to figure out, I mean, look at what happened with New England when they went up against the Chargers, like when they went up against the Chiefs. I could see both teams really getting into the 30s. That's not out of the realm of possibility in my mind. Well, we'll talk about the over-under a little bit later on when we do our prop bets. Um, let me ask you this, Eric. In order for the Rams to hoist, hoist up the Lombardi Trophy, what has to happen on Sunday? They have to find a secondary weapon on offense. They've been struggling a little bit without Cooper Cup. So they figure, all right, they've got to know the first two drives. Who is New England going to try to target? And how are we going to get our other receivers open? How many touches are we going to give Todd Gurley? The more, the better to combine, as with Jason said, with C.J. Anderson. 
that's what they have to do offensively. Defensively, they've got to pressure Brady. Donald Kong Sue, Aaron Donald, even Dexter Fowler in front part of that front seven. They've got to get in Brady's face and make him uneasy. The more they can do that, the less likely they'll be picked apart. Jason, what does Los Angeles have to do to win this game on offense and defense? On offense, score more points. Defense, stop them from scoring points. It's as simple as that. I mean, it's it's a cliche. Everybody knows that, but that's exactly what needs to happen. Their offense doesn't need to bog down like it's been known to do on occasion, and their defense needs to be relentless. They need to keep the pressure on Brady, get all, get all up in his kitchen, cook him some eggs, kick out his Uggs, and then bang, bang his wife for extra measures. Eh, eh. If he was still married to Rachel Moynihan or still with her, okay. But Giselle, too mannish. I still say there's a paying situation going on there. <laughs> the views and opinions of Eric. Family show! <laughs> Brandon, what do the Rams have to do on offense and defense to win this game? Offensively, Goff needs to keep his composure and needs to play a hell of a lot better than he did in the first quarter of the last game. I think a lot of this this game is going to very much fall into what can ha- what happens in the first quarter. Because if the Patriots take a lead early, then the Rams are done. Um so Goff has the need to keep his composure, and they need to be able to use both sides of the ball, both running and passing. Defensively, like what Eric said, and I'm going to expand upon this a little bit. Yes, Brady, you know, yes, he has the refs on his side, and yes, he knows he's protected, but especially with it being the Dominican Sue, who we've seen in the past, doesn't give two you-know-whats about the refs, Ndamukin Sue especially, and Aaron Donald even, take some cheap shots. Hit him. Don't worry about getting some flags in the first or second quarter. Make him fear you. Are we really, really encouraging them to play dirty? Is that what we've come to? Well, not so much playing dirty, just, you know... Um, Take some cheap shots. Don't no, 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 no. It's not cheap shots. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I don't mean cheap shots. What I mean is, I, I'm gonna make a comparison to another game, an, another sport entirely. But John Thompson, back when Patrick Ewing was playing for Georgetown, he said, "Block their shots. I don't care if it's goaltending. They'll remember that you blocked their shot." Same thing here. Ndamukong Sue, hit him, even if it's after he threw the ball. Still, hit him. I don't care if you get a roughing the passer in the first or second quarter. Brady will remember that and worry about it later on in the game, and and it could potentially make him make a mistake. Well, I'm also going to go into another college basketball situation. If I'm Wade Phillips, I tell Ndamukong Sue specifically, look, we win this game 
your share is going to be about 200 grand. Even mm -hmm. after taxes with endorsements and stuff, you can afford to pay a bit of a fine. Get out there and goon it up. Mm -hmm. Do what you did back in Detroit. I would say similar things, Aaron Donald. And I would even point out with my personal bias, Dexter. Hey, look, remember all that crap that he did to Jacksonville? You remember all of that? Go out there and do something for Miles Jack. Just saying. <laughs> Offensively, I think the Rams have to control the football. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think that it's going to be adamant for both teams in order to keep the other off of the field because we know what Brady is capable of. And in the Rams' case, Jared Goff and this offense have proven to be super prolific throughout the course of this season. Defensively, it's going to be about stops. Bend, but don't break. You give up a couple of first downs, so what? As long as you're keeping them out of your red zone, as long as you're keeping them away from putting points on the board. You can allow as many yards as you want to, as long as those yards don't matter in the parts of the football field where it counts. I'll expand upon that a little bit more. I'm okay with field goals, especially with how prolific this offense is, as long as Goff can keep his composure. With how prolific this offense is, I'm okay with giving up field goals as long as you don't give up touchdowns. Eric, New England side of the ball, offensively and defensively, what do they have to do to win this game? Offensively, do more of what they've been doing with that offensive line, keeping Brady upright, keeping Brady calm, and really continue to exploit those passes over the middle. Yes, you're more prone to interceptions. Yes, it's going to be in traffic. But if you get some more of those deeper routes, the secondary is a little bit weak. You don't have to go towards the sidelines a whole bunch. Do what you do. Let Brady make those comfortable throws. On the same side, defensively, don't let Goff make his comfortable throws outside. Go play a little bit wider. Force the receivers to cut their routes in. Create that little bit of traffic. Make Goff throw. Have to wait an extra half second or half beat, a full beat, that gets you to get more pressure, that forces some more errant throws, you're more likely to get interceptions. Jason, for the Patriots to win offensively and defensively, what do they have to do? Offensively, they've got to find a way to have some consistency out of Gronk. Um... By nature, Gronk is a freak athletic specimen who creates a lot of mismatches. Defensively, their linebacking core has got to make plays. They cannot let the intermittent pass, let them dink and dunk down, down the field. they got to make sure that these the running backs are not getting to that second level. They've got to stop early and often. If you get golf on a second and 12, second to 15 range, you're going to be I'll have a higher success rate than you will if you're looking more like second and five or six. Like I said, Gronk has to be able to command a presence to open up his other receivers and 
when he does get the opportunity, he's got to be the Gronk of old and get yards after catch and get that <clears throat> linebacker matchup that nobody really wants to draw. There's an old Toby Keith line in a song that it says that I'm not as good as I once was, but I can be good once as I ever was. I agree with Jason completely here. For Gronk and the Patriots to win this game, Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski has to be the guy that is drawing all kinds of attention in order to open up lanes for Sonny Michelle and James White and to help give passing lanes for Tom Brady to get the ball to his receivers like Julian Edelman. To me, for the Patriots to win this game, it has to be offensively focused because I do think, well, I do think that they are going to be able to hang with the Rams. I also think that their defense is going to allow points. They have to be able to match them on the scoreboard with as competent as this Rams offense is. Defensively, excuse me, having a quick snack over here and got a little bit of indigestion. My apologies for that. Defensively, it is going to be all about controlling Jarrett Goff's momentum. We saw what happened early in the game between the Rams and the Saints. The Saints had Goff super frustrated, and the Superdome was roaring as the Saints jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter. The rest of the game, though, the Rams and Goff were able to rebound, recover, and take the crowd out of the game. This game right here, the Super Bowl, will be on a will be on a neutral site. However, I I don't think there'll be any question that the Patriots travel better than the Rams do. Mm-hmm. The Patriots the Patriots defense has to keep their fan base engaged in this game. Has to keep their fan base making the noise that they need in order to help keep Jarrett Goff from gaining any kind of level of consistency that the fans in the Superdome were unable to do two weeks ago. Brandon, what are your keys for the Patriots and on offensive and defensively? Offensively, they need to just keep the momentum. They need to keep the ball. They need to move the ball downfield no matter how they can do it, whether it's rushing, passing, what have you. They need to keep the momentum on their side, keep the lead on their side, and make the make the Rams, both offensively and defensively, play catch-up. Because the Rams are going to struggle with that. Defensively, they need to mix things up. Do different things. Do, you know, have, have, um, have, uh, you know, fake plays. Have different looks. Have, have everything to, do everything you can to confuse Jared Goff. Because, while, yes, he's shown he's good and, and he can handle the pressure and whatnot, this is a whole different animal for both Goff and for Sean McVay. Yes, they've, been, they've proved themselves that they can do it, but the Super Bowl, as a ton of players and coaches have said before, the Super Bowl is a completely different animal. If you can take a quick lead on the Rams as the Patriots in this game, it's over. It's done. Finito. Because the Rams are going to have, they're going to, even if they seem like they're not, they're going to be panicking inside because they know they have to catch up against one of the greatest teams of all time. 
I'm going to ask you guys if you remember one of the Super Bowls from years past here, to Brandon's point. Does anybody remember the Seattle-Denver Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Yes. My and point the exactly. Way that, the immediate way that Seattle jumped on Denver and took the Broncos completely out of that game before it even had a chance to get started. Hence the why it ended 43-8. to eight. Honestly, I don't think we're in store for a blowout, but I do think that if we have a game-changing play early in this game, it could swing that way. See, but that's actually kind of reverse of what I was talking about because with Denver that year, they had a lot of veterans on that team, and they uh, wasn't that the wasn't that when Peyton Manning was playing with them? Yeah, he was. He so, came back and won it the next time. That's when he retired. Yeah, so. Like that—that's even more surprising because you would think Payton would have been able to keep his team in check. This, if the Patriots take an early lead, the Rams are done because McVeigh and Goff are not going to have that experience to be able to calm everyone down and say, "Let's get this game back in order." I have one word, three syllables to describe what has to happen for both of these teams. The key factor here, and I think you guys can all agree with me on this. Momentum. Absolutely. You get Uncle Mo swinging in your favor early, it could be a long day for the opposing team. Fully agree with that. I mean, it, it the first drive, whether it be offensively, defensively, whatever, the first drive is going to dictate the entire game. If New England comes out, scores quick, manhandles them going down the field, it's going to be a long day. If justifiably, if the Rams come to, come out, drive down the field with each, the Patriots are going to have a long day. It, it is all going to rely on how that first drive goes and where the mentality of the players are afterwards. Momentum is such an important factor in this game that I, if I were either one of the coaches in this game, I would break my cardinal rule when it comes to the when it comes to the coin toss. If I won, I want the ball first in this game. Exactly. If if, if I fails. Normally, in, in, in any I, normal game, I would say kick it off so you get the ball in the second half. But in this game, with how crucial momentum is, I completely agree with you. I would take the ball first. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about what's going to happen with the coin toss here in a few seconds. We're actually up to our prop bets already, so we're making really good time with these. So let's get into this here. We have 20 different situations that are going to occur during the game here that we are going to predict. Everything from from end-of-game leaders in certain categories to something as minute as the length of the national anthem. We are going to do these from the bottom to the top of the list that I sent you guys in order to save our predictions for the winner and final score for last. Okay. Time out. You know how much is bet on the length of the national anthem? That was one of the first props to come out. That's not minute. And where could people bet that, Eric? Well, obviously, mybookie.ag, duh. And if you still use promo code PAT, you get 50% deposit on your first, or 50% bonus on your first deposit. Now, if you happen to be in Atlanta, 
and are miraculous enough to have the money for Super Bowl tickets, go on SeatGeek, use promo code PAT300, even if it's not your first SeatGeek purchase, 300 bucks off tickets for the game. Come on now. God, I'd imagine those seats are probably super fucking expensive. (laughs) Eh, Average seat is about three grand. So you're looking at, what, a 10% discount? Now, of course, if you went on my bookie and you got to track your results through the Action Network app, you would have money for these. If you happen to enter prop contests, like what Pat McAfee has done for the Super Bowl, win yourself a thousand, three thousand, one contest for this weekend, five thousand dollars. This wouldn't be a problem to you. <laughs> That's your own damn fault. I think I feel like we're gonna actually end up having to start putting real bets on these games going forward. I just, yeah. Now that it's legal in the state of Ohio, okay with it. I'm pretty I sure it's legal here yeah, as well. I've done pretty decent so far. <laughs> All right, so starting at the bottom of are, the list that I are, are we including here, my special one? We'll get to that when we're done. Okay, fair enough. And then Eric can make an educated prediction as well, just based off of what he hears us discuss. Okay, he can go last. <laughs> All right, let's start with the last one that Eric and I came up with when we were putting these together here. Will we see a defensive score in this game? Eric. With how these two teams are, even though they're high scoring, offensive games usually come down to one big defensive play at some point. I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Brandon. Yeah, I'm going to say we'll get one that's going to be the the key momentum changer of the game. Jason. Second quarter, Brady on the 15, drops back, sack strip, scoop up by Aaron Donald for a touchdown. I'm going to complete the quadfecta and say yes as well. I do believe that we will see a defensive score, and I would not be surprised if we see multiple Defensive scores. Okay, so this is this one's going to need a little bit of explanation here. We've all seen how good punters have gotten at hanging balls up in the air and not making for fair catches by the attempted returners, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The question here is, will we see more fair catches or returnable punts? Eric. Ah. Uh. Neither of these two are really known for being that aggressive when it comes to field position. I'm going to say you're going to see more fair catches because they're going to really let their offense try to do the work and not have any sort of special teams risk. Brandon. Yeah, I completely agree with Eric. The only team that I would even consider saying that they'd be willing to take that chance would be the Rams. And even there, I think Sean McVay would rather let his offense do the work than a special team's potential of fumbling the ball and giving the Patriots good field position. So, yeah, definitely more fair catches. Jason? I want to say yes simply because... The whole debacle that we had in the with uh, Julia Edelman 
Did his thumb hit the ball? Did his bicep hit the ball? I think that they're going to be more conservative, getting the fair catch, and they're like and leaning more heavily on their offense to move the ball rather than get a return. I do think that we will see a couple of returns in this game, but it will not outnumber the amount of fair catches. Unless, of course, we don't see a lot of punts, because that is an entire possibility with these offenses as well. Eric, will there be a kick blocked in this game, be it field goal or extra point? Are we including punts on this? Yes. Okay. Sorry. No. I no. Again, it goes with that aggressiveness. I don't see either team really putting on a lot of pressure. No, I don't think they're going to even try and really chance it. Brandon, I think we could see the potential, especially if a defense pushes a team back deep into their own territory and forces a punt deep in their own territory. I could definitely see them putting on that pressure. So I think we could potentially see one. So I will say yes. Jason. I'm totally the opposite. I don't think we see one. I see a lot more protection than anything. I'm going to agree with Eric and Jason. I do not think we see a kick block in this game. I think that with the quality of kickers and punters in this game, the fact that these are the two best teams in the NFL for their respect, well, two of the best teams in the NFL for their respective conferences, both teams went into the postseason as number two seeds. I think that there is an opportunity for a lot of scoring potential here. And with that opportunity for scoring, I don't think that these defenses are going to take chances on trying to send too many people after kicks and end up having a big play broken the other way on a fake and against them. We've talked about the leg of Greg Zerline. We've talked about the leg of Steven Guskowski on this show before. Eric, will we see a single kickoff returned out of the end zone in this game? I'm going on a bit of a limb and I'm going to say yes because I do see a lot of kicking especially through in the first half so as you get the third fourth quarter the legs are going to be a little bit more tired and I think it's really late you'll see one come out of the end zone because they'll get favorable distance Brandon I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to kind of hedge my bet here because I have a feeling we won't see all regular kicks the whole game. I think someone will probably score late in a qu- either the second or fourth quarter and then squib it. Jason? I'm right there, but I'm going to say that there's going to be at least one onside kick. Because I, I think I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those things that going back to what you brought up to try to gain momentum going into either the half or it's going to be a tight game and we're trying to swing something back to get a recovery. I'm going to say yes as well, but I don't think it'll be an onside kick. I think it'll be a squib. I think that. <laughs> 
I think that somebody's <clears throat> going to try to squib one in order to catch a team uh, catch a team napping. And with the quality of speed that both of these teams possess, it's going to come back and bite them square in the ass. Mm -hmm. This was a fun one that me and Eric came up with. And I'm really curious as to your guys' thoughts for this one here. Eric, start with you once again. Which quarter will be the highest scoring? The Patriots are notoriously slow starters. And I don't think the Rams are going to pounce too much early. They're going to make adjustments, but I'm going to go with the third quarter because that's when the most adjustments are going to be made. And I think that's when teams are really going to start to pounce. Brandon. I'm going to agree with Eric, but for a completely different reason. I do think that the Patriots are going to come out to at least a fairly strong start, get out to at least a decent lead, maybe 14 or 21, and the Rams are going to have to play catch-up, and after that halftime talk, they're going to come out with guns blazing like they did in New Orleans, and they're going to score a few, but the Patriots are still going to keep up the pressure and score a few in the third as well. Jason? Uh, I'm going to say this first. I think it's going to be trying to get that momentum right out the gate more than anything. So I, I expect a high-scoring first quarter to dictate the game and a very sporadic sport scoring the second through fourth. I actually think we're going to see something similar to what we saw in the AFC title game. I think that the fourth quarter is going to be the highest scoring of them all. I think that both of these offenses, if this game is close late, are going to be driving down the field and exchanging possessions in that fourth quarter to determine who's going to win Super Bowl 53. Eric, so we, all company... agree that the, we all agree that the second quarter is going to be the high scoring. <laughs> <laughs> because we picked everything but the second. And that's usually what happens. That is the kiss of death on this show, 100% accurate there. Eric, who gets the first commercial? Oh. Now, I've seen a lot of hype about the Pepsi commercial. A lot of people placing bets on the Pepsi commercial being the highest scoring in terms of, like, likability, popular, popularity, etc., USA Today's ad meter available on usatoday.com if you guys are interested. It's it's a fun little exchange in order to go back and look through the years on it. Go ahead, continue. But I'm nervous about are they going to put it first because even if the game gets a little bit hairy, Pepsi is going to want to save that to where it'll be back further on to keep that anticipation i'm gonna go with the classic i'm going to say budweiser they're usually one of the ones that get the good early first quarter commercials yeah i i would lean towards them i will say this much that your pick of budweiser we will accept bud light is a correct answer as well with the dilly dillies okay because naturally, the Bud Knight is going to be making an appearance at some point. Brandon. 
I'm going to kind of go off on a limb here, and I don't know if you guys have been seeing it around the uh, the social media networks, um, but I'm going to go with this damn Gillette commercial. I think with all of the controversy that it's created, they're going to be like, okay, let's get this out of the way now to where... Yes, people will see it because the game is still fresh, but it may get lost in the shuffle at the same time. Interestingly enough, Gillette, the founding sponsor of the Patriots Stadium. Mm -hmm. So they're really not the best a man can get anymore. (laughs) I'm going to go Marvel Studios. I think you're either going to see a new Captain Marvel or a new Endgame commercial. I'm going to go with a standby as well. Eric went with Budweiser. I'm going to go with Doritos. I think that over the course of the last couple of years, people could you can make an argument that in terms of funny commercials, you're looking more forward to the Doritos commercials oh, than you definitely. are the Budweiser commercials anymore. And, Absolutely. And Doritos has won the ad meter in two of the last three seasons, and I see no reason why they wouldn't want to strike early and try to keep the momentum going forward. And a side note? I, I really don't see Marvel doing much on this part of the world. But right now, with Marvel advertising and everything, their current like advertising investment, believe it or not, is in Australia. Go look up Marvel Stadium and AFLX on Google if you are so inclined. You'll see what I'm talking about. I have officially dubbed this question the Cody Parkey special. We're going to play our own little game of three bar here. Eric, Mm. will there be a doink? As much as I want to see one, Zerline and Goskowski are way too accurate. They're up in big pressure situations, especially Goskowski. I don't think so. Mm -mm. Brandon. If anyone's going to do it, it'll be Zerline. And I'm going to say yes. Jason. Nope. I think they're two of the best kickers in the game. And I think that I think we're going to see a lot less kicks than what we expect to see. So Eric's or Jason's calling for a lot of touchdowns by the sounds of things. No, I'm calling for a lot of defensive stoppage. You're going to see, like I said, I think it's going to be very one-sided. All right. I'm going to agree with Jason, but for a different reason here, not for the lack of kicks, but because of the fact that he said that Zerline and Guskowski are among the best kickers in the NFL. I would even take that a step further and say that they might be the two best kickers in the NFL. And in a, even in a pressure situation such as this, I don't expect them to crumble under the pressure. Then again, we did see what happened in the New, the, uh, New England-Indianapolis game where the doink even got to Adam Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. Eric, will the first score of this game be a touchdown, field goal, or safety? <sighs> With how offenses are, how it's going to take time to adjust, I see the first score being a touchdown. It's going to be, again, a little bit of a feeler out those first three, four drives, but 
once somebody gets it going, they're going to get into the end zone. Touchdown. Brandon. I agree with Eric. It's going to be a touchdown. I, I think the Patriots are going to want to strike first, and I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on the Rams' defense, and they're going to score first with a touchdown. Jason. Legatron from 45 yards. I'm with Jason on this one. I think it's going to be a field goal as well. I'm not saying who it's going to be, but it's definitely going to be a field goal first. I think that there will be adjustments made on the opening drives, but I think that they will be made within a reasonable enough distance for both of these coordinators. Um, Wade Phillips and, oh God, who's the defensive coordinator? McDaniels in New England. In order to decide whether or not there's going to be they're going to be able to prevent people from getting into the end zone. Eric, who scores the first touchdown? This one is oh. I'm not going to say it's a Patriots player because again, they they will score but they don't score fast enough. I'm going to go with my gut. I think Todd Gurley finds the end zone first. I, I think it's going to be a little bit more ball controlled by the Rams early on. Keep Brady on the sidelines. And I think after a long drive, they're going to be worn down just enough. Make it a, I'd say, I don't know, easy five yarder, give or take. Brandon, who's the first person into the end zone? I think it's going to be Sonny Michel. I think the Patriots will drive down the field, get close, very close to the end zone. I think, like Eric said, I think the Rams will play a bend-but-don't-break type of defense. But they're going to bend a little too much, and the and the Patriots are going to be able to get into that goal line, you know, red zone offense situation, and Sonny Michel will put it in. Jason? Um, I I just told you it's going to be Zerline. If it's for the Patriots, it's going to be Tom Brady on a quarterback sneak. I thought this was for TD. Oh, Tom Brady on a quarterback sneak. I think you go with the hot hand, and the hot hand in New England right now for this postseason has been Julian Edelman. I'm going to say that the first person to get into the end zone for this game will be Edelman on a 12-yard slant route. See, I think Edelman's not going to have the game we think he is because I think that they've had two weeks to prepare for prepare for that, and they're going to kind of limit Edelman. All right, mm. two-part question, Eric. You ready? Ready. The Patriots are the road team. Mm-hmm. Which means they called the toss. Mm-hmm. What do they call, and do they win? They call heads. Yes, they win the toss. Brandon. Um, I'll say they call tails, and they win. Jason. I'm going to say always bet on your dick and go heads. And they lose. 
I'm going to agree with part of that, if not for its vulgar reason. I'm going to say heads and patriots. I'm going to agree with Eric here. I think that uh, Belichick is going to want to go more of a traditional route here, and he's going to call heads for the traditional route here, and then he's going to surprise people by wanting the ball first in order to send a message to McVay and the Rams. Mm-hmm. Eric, you're on mybookie.ag, correct? Indeed. I was actually looking at the odds. We picked some good ones as far as a uh, first scorer and yeah, of course, dead even when it comes to the coin toss either side. Minus 102 for heads or tails. Minus 105 for who actually wins the coin toss. What is the length of the national anthem listed at for the over-under? Now, this one has been the cause of a little bit of concern and fluctuation. If you were to go on my bookie, you have a range of options. However, if you go to the Action Network, which you can also tie and use the same odds as my bookie, they have the one solid set over under. That being 1 minute 50.5 seconds. Longer or shorter, Eric? With who is singing it, I'm going to go shorter. I see this take the under. I would put it at about minute 45. Brandon. Just because of history, in spite of who's singing it, I'm going to have to take the over on this. Jason. I'm taking the over at two minutes, three seconds. I'm also taking the over. I think that there's going to be a level of individualization that happens in this anthem just because they're on a stage where they can do that. Uh-huh. All right, Eric. Three-part question for you. You ready? Ready. Leading passer, leading rusher, leading receiver. Okay. Leading passer... I'm going to go golf. Leading rusher. I'm actually going to go CJ Anderson on this one by a slim margin. Leading receiver. While Edelman's going to be crucial. I really think, especially since it may be his last game, I think Gronk falls out one last time for the road. Okay, I know I've gone last on all of these predictions here, but I just want to state that I wrote, I'm, I've been writing mine down before Eric makes his prediction for all of these, and I just wrote down before he made his predictions, Goff, Anderson, Gronk, we're in complete agreement. <laughs> <laughs> we have achieved well, five well, I I am in agreement with two of the three. But you're up, Brandon, so go ahead and hit me. I'll, I'll give you the one that I disagree with. I disagree on the rusher. I think the rusher will be Sonny Michelle. Okay, so you say Goff is the leading passer and Gronk is the leading receiver. Yes. Jason. Brady, James White, and Reynolds. 
Jason just likes to be different. <laughs> no, um, I'm going to say Brady because Brady's going to spread the ball around. Uh, they're going to key on Edelman. So you're going to have Gronk or Cordell Patterson have to step up and make the plays. The reason why I'm saying Reynolds is because I think he's going to have maybe three catches, but I think they're all going to be down downfield bombs that he's going to have to run under and convert. And James White is because I really think that he shows up in big games. He's like the Robert Ory of the NFL. I, I, I don't know if Harry and Eric agree with me on this. But the reason why the the reason why I am saying golf for leading passer is because I think the Rams are going to be playing from behind for the vast majority of this game, and thus mm-hmm. they're going to have to pass a lot more than the Patriots will. That was well, actually along my line of thinking of it as well. They're going to be the ones trailing more, mm-hmm. and they're going to be the ones playing more catch up. Yep. We'll we'll get to my thoughts on this in just a few moments. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> okay, so we're going to kind of have to tie all of the final five predictions together just because if you make one of the predictions, it basically gives away what you're predicting for the others. Okay. Therefore, Eric, are you ready? Yes. What is the over-under set at on this game? The oh, 58 and a half. All right, so there can be no push. Keep in mind that regardless of if this line changes between now and Sunday, since this is the number at the time of recording, this is the number we're going with. All right. Over, under, Eric. I'm going to go with the over. Now, I will make a slight adjustment with this. In double-checking with my bookie, there actually can be a push. The line has shifted back down to 58, but I'm still going with the over. I'm going with the one that has the half a point just to ensure that there's no push. Fair. Over. What is the spread line? Patriots minus two and a half. All right, Eric. Are you ready for your last four predictions all at once? Yes. Winner. Final score against the spread. And who is your MVP? This is going to sound a bit weird. I know it is going to bite me in the ass. And I'm going to be here for all offseason and all the different angles if I'm wrong, even by the slightest. I'm going with my heart on this one. I am taking the Rams. 38-35 winners. I don't see Goff being MVP. I will go Gurley because I think he'll have a big enough performance. And Goff is going to make a key mistake or two that will take him out of the running. Um, obviously this means you're taking the Rams against the spread since they're underdogs and you're picking them to win. Yes. Okay. 
Brandon. I have a feeling I'm going to be the outlier here, but I just think the Rams are just way too young. I think the pressure is going to get to them. Patriots, 35-21, to 21, so it's going to be under, and the Patriots are going to win against the spread, and the MVP is going to be Brady. Jason. Um, Brandon, I hate to inform you that I am going with the Patriots covering 38 to 10. Wow, you're going even harder than I am. Edelman is your MVP. Eric, you're the only person taking the under or the over, excuse me. Okay. That being said, you are not the only person picking the Rams because I am. All right. I can live with that. Rams 31-24, therefore barely under, but under. And I disagree with your assessment on MVP. I think if the Rams are going to win this game, the MVP is going to have to be one Jared Goff. Again, understandable on all of those runs. If he can limit his mistakes, then yeah. He'll continue the quarterback train of Super Bowl MVPs. Okay, so we will be getting together next week for a brief show. Next week's show will consist of Super Bowl wrap-up. We'll talk about the coaching carousel a little bit as well, now that we have the finalization of what coaches are definitely heading out and who may or may not be heading where. We'll talk, obviously, about the... uh, the game, the statistics and stuff will break down everybody's predictions on this line that we just ran here. The AAF launches next Saturday night in primetime on CBS, so we'll talk about the debut of the Alliance of American Football. And we will get you primed and ready for what will be our season finale the following week as we will have our 2018-19 year-end awards for the National Football League season that was. Do we have anything else to add for this game here this Sunday? Uh, we, have uh, one, we have one other thing to get to. We'll do the prediction as soon as we finish okay. talking football. Don't worry. Eric, do you have any final thoughts about the game on Sunday? Oh, it, it's going to be craziness. And... I'm a little disappointed at the choices for different announcer props that they put up. My bookie is missing on some gold mines. Who's calling the game? Uh, Romo and Nance. Ooh, I like it. And they do have props as far as what Tracy Wilson will be wearing. Color of Nance's tie, color of Romo's tie. Romo's first correct play prediction. What quarter will it be in? Et cetera, et cetera. But they're missing some obvious ones in here. Uh, Romo's first correct play correct prediction will be in the first quarter because, of course, it will. <laughs> that dude could be a defensive coordinator tomorrow if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Brandon, your final thoughts on the game for Sunday? Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it and looking forward to eating some wings with it. Jason, why are you predicting a blowout? Uh, 
I just think inexperience versus experience. Uh, Belichick Brady uh, is just going to be a tough hill to climb. I think the Rams are going to be a great team. I just think that they need to get this game, big game experience under their belt before they take that next step. Let me ask you a quick question. I know your preseason prediction was Rams-Chargers. If the Rams were in this situation against the Chargers with Rivers, would you have made the same prediction? No, I would have went with the Rams because I think I think they would have matched up a lot better um, than they do against Patriots. But, you know, I, my preseason, I picked the Rams to win it all. I'm... I'm four quarters away from living that. But also, I never expected them to be playing the Patriots, who seem to win. That's all they do is win. Uh, no matter what. They, they could have, they could barely get in the playoffs and just ignite and make a AFC title run dominated Indianapolis and outplaid. There, In my opinion, there wasn't a lot in the way of controversy in the AFC title game. Yeah, there were a couple of calls both ways that could have went either way. But if you ask me, the better team that Sunday won. The Patriots outplayed Kansas City and deserved to win that game. Obviously, the game against Indianapolis was over basically before it started. My final thoughts on the game are simple here. This has the shaping up to be another very good game, just like we got last year with Philadelphia and New England. The thing that worries me is if what happened, if what I said happens, happens, and the Rams win a close game, it's all the more encouragement for, for both Brady and Gronkowski to come back to the National Football League next year, and that means yet another long season probably in Buffalo. It's going to be a long season there regardless. So Brady has already said he's coming back. Yeah, Brady said he's if, not retiring. The only if would be Gronk, because he said he would take two weeks after the season is over. So if it ends on an L, yeah, he'll put his movie career on hold to come back. I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I say if Gronk doesn't retire. He is not a New England Patriot next year. No. And I'm going to make a bigger prediction. When Travis Kelsey's contract comes up, the Patriots make a play for him. Oh, I could definitely see that. Yeah, that's not that (laughs) far-fetched. Well, especially with them wanting to commit so much money to Mahomes. I think Kelsey will become expendable, and I see New England pulling the trigger with some kind of deal to give Brady another elite tight end. But, of course, it's if Gronk does retire, Bill Belichick's going to go to the Batcave and find some kid on some Iowa cornfield that's benching 600 pounds running a 4-4 that he's going to get in the seventh round. Or is an undrafted free agent. Yep. He's going to UFA that shit. That's what's going to happen. 
All right, Brady, do you want to be Saskatchewan and get a Canadian football player to play tight end and become a Hall of Famer? (laughs) Assuming they survived the minus 40 degree temperature. (laughs) Yeah, really. It's Canada. Uh, They've been through this before. True. Where do you think this polar vortex is coming from? This this kid's probably shirtless in the fields, lifting <laughs> bales of hay in speedos. Brandon, you yeah. wanted to ask it. I'll let you take the lead for it here. Your bonus question, not specifically football related, but does deal with the dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> I can do that because that music is apparently fair game. Apparently, but yes, after twenty years, halftime heat is back, and all of us wrestling fans who couldn't give two craps about Maroon Five or whoever the hell is playing in the Super Bowl halftime show have something to watch. I've watched the 99 one for the last, like, five years during the Super Bowl halftime because I haven't cared about the halftime show. So it's good that I finally have something live to watch for once. It is Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet, Ad- Alistair Black, and uh, and Pete Dunne facing off. A- what? Who- who's the Roll. third? Velveteen Dream. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Alistair Black, Ricochet, and Velveteen Dream facing off against Adam Cole. Baby! Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa in a six-man tag match at, apparently, it's going to be at the Performance Center, so that'll be interesting. So, who wins this match during halftime? And as a bonus question, who pins who in this match just because why the hell not? Okay. I'll go first first, because I don't think there's any question that the babyface team is winning this match. And I actually think that in order to send the statement, in order for they want to go going forward into WrestleMania weekend, Velveteen Dream pins Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. Jason? Uh, You you must have seen the spoilers that I've seen just now. Um. I haven't I'm, seen anything. That was just my outright prediction. Well, no. I, I mean, there's a there's a there's a big moment involving Velveteen Dream. So I'm going to say the baby faces go over, and you're going to be really excited with what happens. It doesn't involve halftime heat. It involves Velveteen Dream himself. It's really awesome. Oh, is this during the NXT ta- tapings? Yes. Fair enough. Well, I still need a prediction yeah. for halftime heat and who pins who at halftime heat. Uh, I'm going to say, um, I want to say Gargano gets pinned by by Velveteen. Brandon, I, I'm going to have to. I, I'm going to actually agree with uh, Jason here. I think the faces win and Gar- and Velveteen pins Gargano. Eric? Okay, so for the sake of context for Eric here, the faces are Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Aleister Black. The heels are Adam Cole! Baby! Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa is the NXT heavyweight champion. Mm. And Johnny Gargano is the NXT North American champion. Hmm. 
I mean, for something like this and from everything that I've heard, I really can't go against uh, the faces winning for this match because you don't want to draw too much real heat, especially on an event like this. So you would kind of be the wrong play to have the heels win, even though, yeah, you could be putting them over a bit. Mm, I think it would just be too much of a bad look. Some bitch just went full insider on it. Well I'm done. Impressed. I, oh, I pay attention to some things while I'm looking at press <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> I Especially so considering cool. this isn't just going to be on the network. I'm, su- I'm honestly surprised that WWE didn't uh, come up with some sort of partnership with USA to put this on USA. Uh, USA being part of the NBC family, if there was something already done and leading up to the XFL 2.0, like there was the old days, I could see that happening. But well, for something like this, I don't think the timing was right. Uh, but well, even with them, like with them trying to, they'd still want to try to take some uh, viewers off of CBS for the Super Bowl. Uh, disagree, be, disagree because it's part of NBC Universal, and NBC Universal has the Sunday Night Football deal. They don't want to make enemies with the NFL. That's true. It, it, part of my point, not to mention, believe it or not, the whole Maroon Five thing with the controversy leading up to why Maroon Five was chosen, what's been going on, and all the petitions and everything. This is going to be a significant halftime show. I'm not saying it's going to be good, and there are a lot of bets on it already, but it's going to be very, very significant. There are going to be eyes on it regardless. The first song they play is going to be Sugar, just for the record, if you want to add that to your prop bet, Eric. Well, not to mention, I do think it's going to be a four-song set. I do think that there are going to be some other accompaniments outside of Travis Scott. I do think Kylie Jenner will be shown on screen. And in a surprise prop bet, I think you're going to see an appearance from, if not outcast, someone else big in the Atlanta hip-hop and R&B community. And someone will probably take an E. Who pins who in the tag match, Eric? Okay. You'll have to run by me the North American and International Champions. The NXT champion is Tommaso Ciampa. He's the heavyweight champion. The North American champion is Johnny Gargano. They're both on the heel side. They are also on the same team as Adam Cole. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I think one of them would definitely be the ones to get pinned. And I, I'm going to go with Jason's a little uh, sneak peek as far as a Velveteen Dream, because if you're already going to be leaking stuff like that, would it not be a good a little bit of an extra play to have him as part of the big moment to give someone an immediate segue to whatever's next? I mean, again, this goes back to what I say about putting guys over. If you're going to do it and if you're going to leak this stuff out in advance, you got to do it right. So who eats the pinfall then if Dream gets the pin? Cole Gargano. So basically you're agreeing with the other two. I'm the one standing alone saying Tompa's eating the fall. Yep. Yeah. For something like this, it would create a bit better intrigue, at least in my mind with what little I've learned tonight. (laughs) 
Gentlemen, it is Super Bowl Sunday. It is literally the Super Bowl of our season because that is what it is actually called. It is the reason <laughs> we've done this show all year. It is the reason that we watch this game all season. It is the two best teams from their respective conferences, debatable in the NFC case. We'll talk more about that next week with the crap officiating over the course of these playoffs. That'll be a topic of conversation next week, I promise you. And again, in two weeks, it will be the kickoff season finale with our 2018-19 year-end awards. We'll talk about what awards we're going to hand out. We'll talk about what we're going to talk about for our when we'll come back at you in the offseason as well. In addition, next week, we also discuss the launch next Saturday night uh, to 9, February 9th, of the Alliance of American Football. Eric, where can people find you online? At Squid Sports Head on my good Twitter, uh, trying to do another show of soccer to the max, especially with the U.S.'s big win and their friendly. Uh, you'll find me around other places in the W2M network. But mostly there for now. Jason. Yeah, I'm not on the internet. Uh, I don't like people. I don't like to interact with people. So everybody can kiss my ass and not even look for me. You'll probably find me at an empty table sitting talking to a chair in somewhere around New York at a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> On the, the approximation of a Turkaglue 822. <laughs> yes. Good luck figuring out how to spell that, because fuck if I know how. T U R K O G L U 822. 822. Brandon? I'm at Bisco underscore Gotham SN on Twitter. All right, so let's break some quick news here. Uh, we're not done by a long shot even after the kickoff ends, are we, Bisco? No, we are not. We don't really talk about it a whole lot on this show since it's not specifically devoted to wrestling, but a lot of the people that are listening to the kickoff are listening on the W2M network, which is a wrestling-based network to start with. The weekly television reports are supposedly coming back soon. Bisco will be on both Raw and SmackDown. I will be on SmackDown as well. When the kickoff goes into hiatus, Bisco and I will start How the War Was Won, a look back at the WWF's Monday Night Raw against WCW's Monday Nitro, covering all of the pay-per-views and all of the big super events for those months as well. You can find me online at ATB The Eagle. You can also find me on... TheChairShot.com doing reviews. I hope to have Progress Chapter 4 in the queue for everybody later this week. I'm also going to try to finish Impact Wrestling's Homecoming as well this week. The W2M Network is in association with the website of... You know what? Let's try this again here. The, no, kickoff, the kickoff is a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can listen to the kickoff on all of your favorite podcast listening devices, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And we're sponsored by the Suicide Hotline. What he said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and don't forget, if you happen to be in the Atlanta area this weekend for the Super Bowl, you happen to have a thousand dollars? 
App Valley XO 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 V A L L Y X O X O X O. You will not regret it. And that is all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's a lot of XOs. Uh, I think you can do the math on those yourself, Jason. We're not going to do them on air. Yeah. Well, all I'm saying, if you happen to look up on Snapchat or Family Show, (laughs) thank you. What is? How does that get the Family Show? It's not like I went ahead and said, "Oh, subscribe to her OnlyFans for twenty bucks a month." Can we know where you're going with this? I think even our listeners know where where you're going with this. I have no idea. You know, we we can have this on uh, kickoff after dark. We need to end the show. <laughs> Brandon Biscoping, Eric Watkins. I'm Harry Broadhurst. That has been the Super Bowl preview episode. We'll see you guys next week with the Super Bowl wrap-up and the preview of the Alliance of American Football. You have been listening to the kickoff on the W2M Network. Jesus Christ, Eric. What? I got to get shameless plugs and advertisements in somehow. Maybe I can arrange myself a discount. You don't know that. Token black guy.